Hello, y'all. Welcome to Talk Back, the podcast of Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church. You got all four of your pastors here today. I'm just hosting, though. We got Kevin, Stephen, and Stacy, and we are still in the book of Ephesians and hope you have been enjoying this. We have loved discussing it together, and we are on chapter four. And um, Stacy's going to start us off talking about uh, how this is a transition point in the, the letter. Yeah, the first three chapters are really very aspirational, very, um, they sing, uh, talking about who Christ is and uh, what the church is all about and about unity and peace. And then in 4.1, there's this little word that is translated, therefore, um, and that is the turning point in the book now for these last three chapters. Um the book is going to focus on, well, how does it happen that the church grows, that people become Christians? What does it look like? What are the ethics? What is the behavior? That kind of thing. Awesome. So Stephen, what jumped out to you? Well, uh, if you look at commentators for this chapter, uh, here's just some headings you get. Uh, Grown up Christianity. Don't be a baby. Uh, So... (laughs) (laughs) this is Paul encouraging the church to mature, to grow, to come into their season, into their wisdom, into their time, and to put effort into the maturity that, that he's calling them to, because he knows the power of the matured Christian faith and church. And uh, this certainly got me thinking about sports. For example, um, it's become pretty big, especially since Coach K um, retired from the Duke basketball team. There's been a lot more interviews with him. He was so successful. And if you watch those interviews with him and other really successful coaches, it'll be interesting to see what comes out about Nick Saban as after he just retired. Um, he announced that this morning. Um, but these coaches say that they have the most success when they see their players, not as just a player, but as a whole person that they need to bring to maturity. So Coach K will talk about a star that he brought in that he knew was just electric and and really mature in their individual skills as a player. Um, But issues off the court or issues with becoming a teammate, some of the best players in the country, he's had to turn away because they weren't mature enough to be a team player. And so I think that's a good metaphor for uh, what Paul's saying here. He's saying, Christians, this game isn't individual. It's not just about you and how great of a Christian you are. We're all called to maturity. We're all called to maturity towards Christ, towards the captain, (laughs) if you will. And uh, in that maturity, you will experience so much more you will experience so much more. And maybe we've seen that in sports when a team that we haven't heard of is just clicking on all cylinders in March Madness, like St. One of the Catholic schools, uh, or it's one of the exciting things about college sports, really, is any given day when when they all are mature enough to play as a team, we can see something incredible. I think something that people would love to know from y'all is, practically speaking, what do you think matures people's faith? Hands down adversity. Any other words? How you handle the adversity, like 
deciding to grow a face confront the fear the ugly the reality um which you really need community to do um it can be so hard to do that alone i i think i would also say uh being in community with people that don't have the same faith language or tradition as you have um i i think that really allows us to define where we kind of sit in our tradition um, and, and realize that there's a wide range of experiences and, and traditions out there. Um, That's what I was going to say. I was going to say experiencing difference, mm-hmm. you know, people that have looked at it differently and whether that doesn't mean I am going to necessarily agree, but it forces me to really analyze. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Kevin, what stuck out to you? Well, Stephen, I, I love that, um, analogy to sports and I, I, especially given this list that Paul gives us of all these gifts, right? When he's talking about the body and the gifts of the spirit, you know, being apostles and prophets and teachers and ministers. Um, the interesting thing is this sort of idea is extended here that, it is for the unity of the body that these gifts are given. So that, you know, thinking about your sports analogy, um, you can be a great star player, but if you don't contribute to the team and you can't be a great team player, uh, you may actually limit the success of that team, especially, you know, at higher levels of the sport. So I, I wonder if in the same degree, uh, you know, this maturity in Christ is recognizing uh, that our gifts, our spiritual gifts, our vocational gifts, uh, these these are things that are meant to uh, build up the unity of the body. They're not just meant for our own uh, success. And that uh, when we're living into this mature faith, one of the things that uh, is indicative of this is how much we are, in fact, using our gifts to to build up that that body of Christ uh, within and beyond the church. Right. Um, so uh, I, I love this this more expanded way of thinking of the body of Christ, that it's not just being a good hand or a good eye <laughs> or a good foot, but it's how that is connecting the rest of the body together. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about this the first week in Ephesians one, but I want all of you y'all because you all have children. Um, and while Stephen's children's are still young, you're all, I mean, you're already experiencing it, but this idea of being excellent at something, not just for yourself, mm-hmm. that is, I don't think that that's what our children have been taught. It at least mine, it was, Mm -hmm. you are excellent. So that Mm. something for yourself, there, there isn't this idea of a, of a corporate, when you, when you lift up, everybody is lifted up. How do y'all react to that statement based on your children? I can actually think something better from my childhood because I remember this really well. Um, I had, did you just say you had a better idea than me? (laughs) <laughs> no it's fine it's fine go your idea sprung this one um in my bible i got as a ninth grader in the back of that bible on the back of those pages 
I wrote down every mission trip I ever went on. I wrote down every service project I ever did. And I kept a tab of my tithing. Wow. I remember when I lost that Bible in college, it felt like a part of me was gone. It I, I still remember it took me weeks to get over the fact that and I don't have the kind of memory. I didn't remember every trip I'd been on or how much money I'd given. But I remember having this moment in college where it was like, well, what does it matter? There's wow. millions more Bibles. Mm-hmm. What was it about my record? Was I trying to prove something? I, I don't know. But there's something really inherently human about that, right? Here's everything I've done. And, and I was proud of it. And there's something great about that. Um, but at the same time, kind of unnecessary. Now, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I remember praying, someone will find this and be like, wow, who is this great Christian in the back of their body? It was probably like <laughs> under 300 bucks at that point in my life that I'd given. But um, again, there's something really human about what childhood Stephen did um that doesn't that doesn't fit this picture that's a i think a really good picture of an immature um christian while having grace for myself and anybody who keeps track i mean stats are stats but um for my children i hope i hope that that keeping a record of rights or or good things is never a part of their experience of Christian faith and church community, that it's always something we did together. Mm -hmm. Um, And that they are proud in the sense that uh, they can proclaim God's grace over them versus their works. Mm. That is an awesome example. Thank you for that. Well, I want to give little Stephen a little bit of grace. As I was listening to that story, I was thinking, well, it could be keeping stats, but it also could be connecting yourself Hmm. through your memories of these uh, trips and, and, and the giving that you did. So, you know, give little Stephen a little grace too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I do. I will. Thank you. There you go. So Stacy, tell us what struck out to you in this. Well, chapter you know, four. At, the, at the end of the chapter uh, in, in like many Pauline letters, you know, the attention about being a mature Christian kind of turns to a new life, you know, uh, new clothes, new attitudes, new new ways of of, of living, and there's a real emphasis um, on being able to tell that a Christian is living this new life in this mature way by how they speak, mm-hmm. and um, and it's not just one mention. It's in the 25th verse. Get rid of lying. Um, you need to tell the truth um, and don't let foul words come out of your mouth. Only say what is helpful when it is needed for building up the community so that it can befit those who hear what you say. Um, and, uh, I, I, you know, I don't think we put very much attention on uh, on speech and, and it's it's. It, it betrays us. Um, it, it it betrays hearts and spirits. Um, I think that it's also something people in our culture don't think they need to work on because they have the right to say whatever they want to say, right? Um, and th- 
it's not biblical. That's just not a biblical idea. Um, but uh, people want to have the last word and they, they think that they have the right to speak their opinion. And, um, and Paul's saying that that's just not the way, that's not the way it works. It's like you were, like Emily was saying, it's, um, it's about the needs of, of the whole, not your need. Um, and so speech itself becomes a kind of a barometer of, um, I, I had a marriage counselor, um, speak to some couples in my church once who said the, the number one, uh, the number, how did he say it? He said the, the one thing that a marriage counselor can use when they meet a couple for the first time to tell whether they're going to make it or not is how they speak about and toward each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it, it, before you even get to know them or their issues, it's, that's, that's the measure. I think, I think Paul's saying the same thing about those of us, and he's talking about in the church, um, how, how we speak, um, it, is something you work on, but it also is something that shows uh, maturity. And uh, that's definitely, it's definitely the case. Wow. That is a very challenging word for mm-hmm. us today. Like you said, where it seems we have books getting banned. There's certain speech that's trying to be limited. And yet from the, from a Pauline perspective, we should be careful of what we say, um, not not for the sake of anything other than you have a responsibility to, to build others up. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Not yeah. to tear them down. Right. And that presents something, you know, maybe potentially an invitation for older Stephen to write in the back of his Bible. Um chose to say the loving thing instead of <laughs> the thing I really wanted to say, you know, I sacrificed that. And that's something to truly praise God for, because that mm-hmm. that takes the power of God. That takes me to go the moment to say, okay, because God has given me grace, I need to extend it to someone else, even though I don't want to, and even though they don't deserve it. I think that's the level of speech and action that Paul's calling us to in maturity here. Amen. So on that note, what do y'all think that, uh, what is your takeaway from this? After he tells them about the speech, he gives them more direction and says, put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. What would it look like? What has it looked like in your life to put away these things? You know, I, I think individual things that happen in my life, um, uh, individual events, uh, putting it away is is not nursing it, not not keeping it safe and protected, and you know, and carrying it with me. Um, I think where it's harder is when there's been a season of uh, betrayal or abuse or yeah. or something like that. Putting that away may look more like, you know, a season of therapy, you know, obviously. Good. And, Good. and I think that's okay. Um, 
but but for me, those small things that I think are manageable and not mental health issues, um, being able to to not nurse it, not not carry it, not uh, let it be um, your traveling companion everywhere you go. And I think that's what Paul's Paul's saying. You know, you don't really need that. You really can let it go. You know, it really will. It doesn't travel well with life in Christ. It it just, it doesn't, it's not a companion. Well, here's the thing I, I was thinking about though. There are times when we just simply will not agree with certain people, even if there are, they are our Christian brothers and sisters. And I was thinking about last summer when I was sitting up in the gallery of the state Capitol while they were negotiating legislation and the whole gallery was filled with Christians who definitely disagreed on this issue. And I'm sitting there and, and because it's so full in the gallery, you can't choose to sit in a certain cheering section. You're all mixed together. Wow. So sitting there with people that uh, have a difference of opinion and we are struggling, we are all struggling mightily to remember these words to the Ephesians that Paul wrote to, to, to try to find some common you know, bond. And I, I will tell you, it was a mighty struggle. And, uh, you know, that we had our moments of, of great grace and, and moments of otherwise. But the thing that really made the difference was when a lady who had a different color shirt on than I did uh, got out cookies and handed out cookies to everybody. And that was the thing that really, you know, brought peace and unity to the body in that particular moment. Just a simple gift of, of just a you know a cookie from a little bag so um yeah there's that's my beautiful that's <laughs> beautiful so i think one of the challenges that i'm hearing come out of this you know is it, it continues to come back to um how we live as as christians in the world but how we treat each other also within our community here um and the congregation and the church that we happen to be a part of um you know have there been, I'm just getting specific, but have there been people or issues that we have not spoken? We have maybe let some evil talk come out of our mouths. It hasn't benefited those who listen. Um, and we need to put that away. Um, but then in a, in a, in a larger instance, what Stacy said, you know, is there, is there something within one's personal life, mental well-being that really needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that I hear is that uh, this, this emphasis on unity and that we all have been given this gift to use our gifts for the benefit of the whole. And that doing that actually brings about unity. I mean, you would see this on a basketball team. If everybody is working to enhance the other players, they're, they're all going to be feeling better because they're all going to be doing better because everybody's cared about each other. Mm -hmm. um, and so I encourage you, listener, that if you have not found a place to be part um, or to, to live out your gifts in this community, then maybe this is the time to do that. Do you all have any closing thoughts? Just to go back to sports one last time, um, you know, the players that assist in the scoring in almost all sports are categorically the best players on the team, the ones to assist others in, in scoring. Um, and 
coaches celebrate that, but culture doesn't. Mm-hmm. The coach is going to give that, you know, they'll give the football to the quarterback who assisted in the, the touchdowns or whatever it may be. But um, when it comes down to it, what really makes things beautiful and work, uh, we don't celebrate in culture nearly as much as we should, as we could. It, it, it really... makes me think about all of our spouses. Yeah. <laughs> Here, you know, like our spouses, we should celebrate that they are sounding boards all the time. They're our pastoral care. They're, yeah. Well, with that mention, I have to tell you, I I did not know about Pastor Appreciation Month until I came to Westlake Hills. Same. And when I was talking to my wife about it, she said, well, they really should give those gifts to the spouses. So uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to give my gift so, to the spouses next Kevin, year. Kevin, you, you don't get it. You get those gifts and you give them to her. That's what I do. I give well, them to Yes, we go out to dinner with them. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks for this great discussion, and we hope you are enjoying this. Please feel free to send us any questions or comments, or if there's something that you want us to dive deeper into, uh, we'll be glad to do so. Peace.